life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and listen around once in a while, you might miss this episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Retro Rewind Podcast initialized. Mission identified. Ferris Bueller's Day Off, 1986. Co-hosts online. Auditory analysis online. All systems nominal. Welcome to the Retro Rewind Podcast, where we rewind back to movies and video games from 15 or more years ago, so that we can let you know whether they're still worth revisiting today. You can find the show notes for this episode at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 95. There you can leave us a comment on the episode. You can find links to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes, Stitcher Radio, even Google Play Music. Uh, though we're sometimes hard to find there. And you can also find links to support the podcast on uh Patreon and PayPal. Speaking of which, for this episode, our reflex capacitor was given a day off, but now it's back to work. Thanks to our patrons, Brian Keating, Deborah Powers, Jared Holzhauer, Chris Cowan, and a secret patron as well. Thank you all so much for your support. And uh, if you can want to support us on Patreon, please click that, that link. It'd be awesome. My name, in case you're wondering, is Francisco Ruiz. I'm a dad, designer, and distress over dashing delinquents. And I <laughs> predicted that... Are they dashing because they're good-looking or dashing because they're running around? Uh, good-looking. Good-looking. Uh, oh, More okay. of that, I was thinking. Okay. I guess they could be running around, too. Uh, and I predicted that Ferris Bueller's Day Off would be a nostalgic movie. And I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, co-host, Paul the Master Interrupter Powers. Hi, Paul. Hello, Francisco. Paul, my trivial question for you this time is, Mia Sarah says that Matthew Broderick actually tickled her feet and knees to get her to laugh naturally in the taxi cab scene. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Paul, where are you most ticklish? I don't know. Maybe my feet. Maybe okay. my armpits. I don't know. So if you ever come across Paul in the wild... No, I don't like being tickle tickled. No, I don't <laughs> like being tickled. <laughs> Please don't. Okay, okay. Down, fans, down. Don't tickle Paul. Just tell me. Great. Now they will. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Paul. And I predicted that this would be a classic movie. A classic. All right. And we'd like to welcome, uh, join us for the first time, is a friend of the show, Patrick Kramer. Hi, Patrick. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, welcome to the show. Uh, Patrick, you... Will you tell us what we have a few questions for you since you're new? Will you tell us first what you do and then what your favorite movie genre is? Uh, I am a professional actor and director. Awesome. Uh, based, wow. in the, uh, based in the southeast region of the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, tour quite a bit, but I spend most of my time in the southeast. Okay. And um, as far as film genres, God, that's tough. Um, uh, you know what? I'm a big documentary nerd. Oh, nice. cool. You know? But I like, yeah. I, I'm one of those really depressing people that loves documentaries that are about like horrible, horrible, <laughs> like tragic events. Oh, like no. it's some sort of Scheidenfreude that I get out of watching other people's, <laughs> you know, yeah. horrible lives and go, oh, at least my life isn't as bad as that. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I, but I just love, no, but in general, I just love documentaries. And I, I'd say two thirds of my Netflix queue and Amazon Prime is probably just docs. Oh, and I watch cool. them multiple times. Nice. Oh, wow. 
Well, yeah. Very cool. Um, well, so glad you're here, Patrick. Uh, my trivial okay. question for you is thus. Okay. Uh, after working together on Weird Science from 1985, John Hughes offered Bill Paxton the role of the garage attendant for Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Um, however, Paxton turned it down because he felt the role was too small. Uh, Paxton admits that he regrets turning it down because Hughes never offered him a role again. Ah. Uh, Patrick, happens. as an actor, is there a role you regret turning down? Regret turning down? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there is. Um, the, I do a lot of stage work. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I, I often get offered shows that I'm like, eh, because maybe I'm like tired or I've been doing things back to back and I need mm-hmm. a break. And um, I was supposed to do uh, 1776 just recently. If you're not familiar, it's a musical from the early 70s about the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then we, aliens destroy. Yes. The, and then it's destroy the White House. <laughs> and, and there's a whole big tap, num- tap number. It's amazing. <laughs> Um, but no, they, I had been offered uh, John Adams. Oh, okay, wow. Which is kind of, pretty much the main character okay. in it, in the driving force of the piece. And I was like, no, I don't want to do it, I don't want to do it, I'm lazy, <laughs> I want to sleep. And then yeah. I ended up not doing it and saying, I'm not doing anything right now, I'm taking a break. And then ended up taking another show anyway and oh, and not taking that one. But whatever, right now I'm doing Young Frankenstein. and Evan Oh, Rose. how awesome. So yeah, we just started rehearsals for it. And I'm playing the Gene Wilder role, Frederick. Oh, wow. It's, very cool. It's daunting. Let's put it that way. A very daunting responsibility, responsibility to play something that, you know, is such mm. an iconic Yeah, all the expectations. And role and yeah. actor, you know, no, no one's going to ever emulate Wilder. Right. So sure. all I can do is hope to bring everything that I can to mm-hmm. it. Have and, your own take you know, on it. Exactly. And then also, you know, pay homage to him when I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, very awesome. Uh, my last question for you, Patrick, is uh, what was your prediction for a Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Classic, nostalgic, or tragic? Before you An saw absolute it. Absolute classic. Classic. Yeah. All classic. right. Classic. All right. So we'll see if I get, if you guys, conv- or I should say, if the movie convinced me differently or convinced you guys differently. But first, Pat- uh, Patrick. Paul, yes. two P's here. That's going to confuse me. Uh, will you please enter the course for Alice? All right, Alice, let's have a roundtable discussion and then uh, head back for some feedback announcements and maybe a couple of games or maybe just one. Let's All have right. a good time. Let's have a good time. You know, shaking a baby. What? Alert. Alert. Target Not located. a baby. Spoilers. Incoming. A baby. Engaging retro rewind reactor. I'm sorry. It's a song, Paul. Shaking a baby now. Okay, got it. Oh, wow. Paramount Pictures presents a new film by John Hughes, starring Matthew Broderick. Yeah, that's me. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He gives good kids bad ideas. He's such a sweetie. The story of one man's struggle to take it easy. He's a righteous dude. Rated PG-13. Now at a theater near you. That's not at a theater near me. So uh, Ferris Bueller was struggling to take it easy, and we struggled to get, to put our memories together in a mind memory mind melt synopsis. And here it is. 
Ferris Bueller pretends to be sick and fakes a fever so he doesn't have to go to school that day. The first fourth wall break Ferris delivers straight to camera and the audience. The first time I saw the film as a kid, I'd never seen a character do such a thing. It not only brought the audience into the film instantly, but it created a bond with Ferris that you could carry throughout the movie. He convinces his best bud Cameron Fry, who is sick, and steals Cameron's dad's card to whisk away Simone, Ferris's girlfriend, from school. The three explore Chicago for the day, going to eat in a fancy restaurant, visit an art museum, see a Cubs game, and uh, participate in a parade. I wanted to be Ferris, standing on a parade float, lip-syncing the Beatles. Who wouldn't want? Who wouldn't want to be that guy? Ferris's friend destroys his dad's car. Ferris races his sister home to try to make it back before baby can, can corner him and his parents find out he's been, been playing hooky. The post-credit sequence, again, it may not be the first time it had ever been done, but it was the first time I'd ever seen one. And it's a moment that has been referenced and emulated countless times. It's become iconic. All right, so those were some iconic memories. Uh, I think on the whole, that was pretty close. But I don't think that was the Beatles. Isn't Chicken a Baby someone else? That was that's, that's the, that's the, the Beatles. Beatles cover of it. Yeah. Oh, okay. And, but it wasn't his girlfriend. wasn't Simone. It was baby. Sloan. Oh, ha, ha, yes. Incepted. I've been waiting for that. All right, guys. Uh, <laughs> Paul, we didn't. We mostly got that right. And how did they mostly make this movie technically? All right, you want me to give you the technicals? Okay. <laughs> um, all right. Let's see. I was looking for a good segue, but I can't into this because I was going to cover Parker Lewis can't lose, <laughs> which was wow. the. <laughs> Wow. Which was the, you know, Ferris Bueller ripoff TV show. There was a Ferris I, Bueller. Go ahead. Yeah. I must say the Parker show, show actually lasted longer than the Ferris yeah. series. Yeah. By like two or three seasons. Three seasons where the yeah. Ferris Bueller one only had one season. Yeah. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Let's just get to TV shows. Balls. All right. Fine. <laughs> Ferris Bueller. Stay ah. off. It was rated PG-13. Runs 100. Not 100. Over 100. An hour and 43 minutes. It's uh came out in theaters on August 14th, 1986, and it is a comedy if you ask some people. <laughs> <laughs> it's written and directed by John Hughes and stars Matthew Broderick, Alan Ruck, uh Mia Sarah, Jeffrey Jones, Jennifer Grey, uh, and Charlie Sheen, Ben Stein, and even Christy Swanson who played the original Buffy right. the Vampire Slayer. And well, many more. And many more. But we have actually uh, seen some of these actors and directors before. Uh, so if you go back, it, you can see Matthew Broderick, or not see him. You can hear us talk about Matthew Broderick back in our War Games episode, which is RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 86. Uh, Jeffrey Jones was in a movie we covered, Stay Tuned, which is slash 83. Uh, Alan Rook was all the way back in slash 39 for speed and John Hughes was a couple he directed and wrote the breakfast club which was slash 93 and also uh 
wrote Uncle Buck, which was slash A1, and Home Alone, which was slash... We covered Home Alone? Yes. Oh, no. We're getting to the point. I can't remember which ones we've covered and haven't covered yet. <laughs> slash 71. All right. There we go. So I'm pretty right. sure John Hughes did Home Alone. I hope I'm remembering that right. He did. That he wrote yeah. it. Well, uh, he, wrote he wrote it. it. He wrote it. Yeah. Chris, Colum- Chris Columbus directed Direct, yes. Correct. All right, so this movie was made for about $6 million, went on to gross over $70 million just domestically. Who knows worldwide? But uh, the uh, rent- rentals was almost $30 million alone. Jeez. Jeez. Wow. Well, well done. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, obviously, lots of people like this movie. But what did we like about Ferris Bueller's Day Off? And let's start with our guest, Patrick. Give us one thing. You really enjoyed about this film. I, um, from a, uh, from a watching it, you know, thirty years later standpoint, mm-hmm. I feel that the th- I feel that it really stands up in terms of the actual storytelling. Oh, okay. It's, you know, it's I, you know, I don't think it. It's one of those films I think really ages well in terms of these characters, despite mm. the fact that it is thirty years old. Yeah. Yet these characters are universal. Mm-hmm. And I think you can put this film in front of kid, teenagers even today, and they're going to relate to it. Mm. And I think that was that was just a I think a talent that John Hughes had in general. Oh yeah, yeah totally. So I mean, it's, it's it's one of those movies that whenever it's on, it's, you can you can kind of stop and pick it up wherever it is, mm. and you're going to be able to enjoy it from there to the end every yeah. time. You know, it's not one of those movies that you have to watch from the beginning. You know, and that's, I don't think you can say that about a lot of movies. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, very true. Um, Paul, what do, how do you feel about the reliability of the characters or anything else like that? The real, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'd have to agree. <laughs> well, the problem is, is that I put the characters as my classic maker. I was saving that for the end. <laughs> so... You just had you don't have to ruin it all. Had to zero in on that word character, Francisco, didn't you? Of all the things that was mentioned, you could just say, "Oh yeah, I related to this movie," or "I related to someone." All right, fine. You want me to say that? No, no. Just go. Just go. All right, all right, all right. Um, But I'll save it for the end. Okay. Um, In terms, (laughs) uh, you know what? And actually, I think. I definitely see that. I think there is, um, this is one of those movies where you can feel, you can relate to someone in it. it there, every, there's uh, enough of a variety of uh, characters and sort of their motivations. Yeah, I can totally see uh, lots of people, adults and teenagers, being able to relate to uh, different characters. Um, you said truly, that. I think everybody is either a, is either a Cameron or a Ferris. Oh, um, that wouldn't be no. me. I I would actually. I I at first I was thinking I was Cameron, but as I thought about this movie more, I think I'm actually Ferris's sister. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you know what? That's fair too. I think. Yeah. I think. Okay. Anybody's ever a, is either a Cameron, a Ferris, or a Genie. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think that's a fair assessment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paul, what was something that in particular that you liked about the movie? I. I thoroughly enjoyed the music. I thought it was upbeat and it was a lot of variety. And it's just every time I watch this movie, 
I, I go, unfortunately, this didn't have a soundtrack, or at least one that I could find. Mm-hmm. So every time I watch this, I usually wind up searching and finding one song from it and going out and buying that one song mm-hmm. to add to my collection. Yeah, and you know what? I didn't really notice the soundtrack. You're talking about the soundtrack, not the score, right? Not the score, yeah. no. Because um, I was going to say, I don't really recall the score much. But yeah, there are, now that you mentioned the soundtrack, I'm remembering a lot of the fun songs from it. Yeah. Um, was it, were there any any of the songs you particularly liked on the soundtrack, Patrick? Um, well, there's of course there's always that the, I don't even know what it's called, but that one. Chica, chica, yeah. Oh what yeah, that bow, is. Bow. yeah. I mean, I, I, it's oh yeah by Yellow. That was the first time that it was used. Has probably been used more than any other piece of <laughs> right. pop. You know, bubblegum music in yes. any sort of media. <laughs> and everybody knows it. Yeah. You even have to have seen the movie and you know it. Yep. It's just one of those things that's part of the zeitgeist at this point. Sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I even well said to my... Paul. I even said to my brother, uh, it was a, a day or two ago, and the moon was out in the daytime, and I look, the moon, even <laughs> more beautiful. <laughs> Wow. Uh, let's see. Something that, uh, going back to characters a little bit, something that I really liked was Ferris is just overall charisma. Um, sort of going back to the dashing that we I mentioned in my little uh, intro. But yeah, I, I, it just he was definitely a charmer and just seemed to, I, it seemed very believable too. Yeah. That his character yeah. would be able to just be as charismatic as he was. Um, Though I was a little disappointed he didn't sing uh, Sh- Shaking a Baby. Is that the, or is it Twist and Twist Shout? Is that the name Twist of the song? Yeah. <laughs> because he's shown that he can sing in lots he's of other Broadway, He's a Broadway chops. Exactly. So. Yeah. so maybe not at that time, but still. John Lennon has a better voice for that song. So oh, fine. <laughs> Jeez, you and your Beatles and your white and green apples or whatever. Anyway. Um, I am the walrus. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to Patrick. What's something else you liked? I love, and I was watching it. I was sitting at my desk watching, rewatching this yesterday, uh-huh. actually. Nice. And it'd been a while since I'd watched it. And I was sitting there kind of trying to watch it with a different eye. Mm-hmm. And what it kind of started to occur to me is the film almost has a animated film quality mm. to it. And yeah. go, go with me on this. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's... You know, yes, it's a very real story, but Hughes's filmmaking and directing style and the kind of heightened sense of character that all of these personalities have. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. It, it, uh, it really kind of has a, almost a heightened sense of, of animation almost to it. Like, mm-hmm. if, you, if they had done this as an animated film, I think it would worked, had worked just as well. Yeah, that's true. You know, I just think these characters have a very you know, just kind of pop off the screen um, appeal to them. Mm. Especially, especially um, zeroing in on um, Ferris, uh, Cameron, and Mr. Rooney, Jeffrey yeah. Jones. Yeah. Who, my God, I mean, the guy had such a great 80s career of playing mm-hmm. these just, just unlikable I mean, and it's unfortunate what has happened to him in recent history. But 
I mean, man, the guy made a career out of just playing real jerks. Yeah, yeah. But totally. just had a, but just had a, a knack for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you just, you wanted, you wanted to see every horrible thing happen to him. <laughs> happen to him. You know, every time something outside of the the Bueller house happened, be it the dogs or the mud. Or <laughs> Or Ginny kicking him square. That was hilarious. And you're just like, yes, it's, there's something so satisfying <laughs> about every one of those moments. Because you're like, this guy is such a jerk. You just you just want him to eat it every time. Yeah, I can so, totally see that. And I and I just and I just kind of really love that. And again, I think that's something that I think modern movies have kind of lost. Yeah, that's um, true. In terms of that, nothing. Everything doesn't have to be grounded. And you know. And base, you know, have that real reality and realism feel to it. Sometimes you can take real situations and give them that heightened sense of reality, and it just kind of takes it to that next level of just not only you're still telling good stories, but it gives it a, a, a new, a better, and a higher sense of energy. Mm-hmm. You know what? And that's what I really dug about it. Wow, yeah. that's you know what? That's really that hit me from I you uh, you. Uh, Rat, uh, not, uh, you gave me a cross there. Or, uh, <laughs> something to think about? Yeah, something to think about that may influence me later. I don't know. But uh, I totally see what <laughs> you're saying with that. Um, uh, let's see. Let's, would you agree with that, Paul, or do you disagree? Yes. Okay. What's, what's something else agreeable about this movie? Uh, talking to the camera, breaking the fourth wall. Oh, yes. Is done really well with this movie. There are some <laughs> movies where it's kind of like... Uh, it's unnecessary, kind of pulls you out, but mm-hmm. this adds to it and makes it more uh, enjoyable, brings you in, and it's done really, really well. Though it did maybe, make, go ahead. I was just going to say, though, it did make me want to watch Saved by the Bell. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, well, this was Time before out. that. <laughs> Time in. <laughs> yeah, he didn't do the timeout, but it was close. But if you think about it, the Zach Morris character is really yes. just he yeah. is very a, a, Ferris. A, a, it's very a derivative mm. of yeah. Ferris Bueller. I mean, yeah. I mean, um, and and really, it started not soon after from from a television standpoint. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. The middle school the first, one was that first series season of Good Morning Miss Bliss. I think was eighty seven. <laughs> I see. Was that a? I didn't know that was like the first iteration of, or. It was it was actually a Haley Mill this is so this is getting completely off track. But it was originally meant to be a Haley Mills. I don't think I knew vehicle. that. The kids were the kids were supposed to be secondary. Wow. And it was meant for Haley Mills. And when the kids tested better, that's when they completely took the show because it was originally set in Indiana. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And Not California. They moved, yeah. to the, they moved to the California with the same characters <laughs> practically. Like they all just up and moved to the West Coast. Right. And <laughs> And then and made them high school instead of junior high. Yeah. And they yeah. said, bye bye. Sorry, Miss Bliss. Bye. And yeah. But yeah, going back to it, yeah, the Zach character is very much yeah. a, a spin on the Ferris character. No, actually, before we get out of this rat hole, I, oh, I no. clarify something for me. Is Haley Mills a twin and there's like two of them? No. no. That was, that's Disney magic. That's, that's yes. Parent Trap, right? The original yes. Parent yes. Trap? Okay, okay. Yes. Thank you. Patty Duke wasn't a real twin either. No. Okay, fine. But she probably did have a cousin, but not an identical cousin. No. <laughs> anyway, back back to Ferris. I, I agree with you, Paul. I, I I also I got a kick out of Rooney actually breaking the fourth wall at the very, very not very, very, very end, but the end of the epilogue, so to speak. Um 
of the movie bus where sequence. yeah the bus sequence yeah I, yeah I was like oh my gosh why is this all this happening to me uh, <laughs> I, I, I that you've that. never smelled the inside of a real school bus <laughs> yeah, oh gosh <laughs> man that was a perfect character which I oh I felt bad because I myself would not want anything to do with her and I felt bad that I was that guy that oh please stay away um yeah I'm sure you guys would have been much more like, yeah, let's be friends because we actually have hearts as opposed to Francisco. Anyway, continuing on, uh, Patrick, what's something else you liked? Uh, oh, wow. Um, I really love the a lot of the kind of not, f- you know, focus of the scene moments that happen throughout the movie. Uh, I what I mean by yeah, there's please. a lot of stuff that was kind of happening kind of maybe off to the side. In the movie, hmm. case in point, um, Edie McClurg, who played Rooney's secretary. Oh yeah, yes. Oh, um, oh with I'm, I'm trying to remember the name of the character. Uh, hang on, I'm, Grace. I'm, I'm, great, I'm, great. Yeah, Grace. Yeah, Grace. <laughs> um, there's this great moment where she's out at her desk, and Rooney's trying to get her attention because he's on the phone with who, yeah. he, who he thinks is Simone's father. Yeah. And she's sitting at her desk, and she's got that little bottle of white out. Oh and yeah. She's just, and she's just sniffing it. <laughs> It's like, oh my god! I mean, and I got to think that probably was just she's a great. She's got an improv comic background, okay. And you know, there's probably just a lot of just her. You know, Hughes just probably let somebody like her riff, yeah, yeah, and just do stuff. Um, And I really like that. And the other thing that really stuck out to me, and again, this is something that Hughes had a real talent for doing, was. When you look at all the high school scenes, like the actual classroom scenes, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all those kids look so real Mm. you know they're not all pretty right you know they all some are more than others but no but 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 that's like high school my my point is that great ben stein scene yes it does those real tight close-ups of the kids faces so many of them are just completely zoned out and you can see every blemish on their face Mm. you, you know and like drool and the glazed over looks and like these is these are kids that you know yeah 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 versus just kids that came out of you know the casting office that were just doing spreads in the, you know, teen beat magazine. Right. <laughs> exactly. Know, yeah. You know, circa, ni- circa 1986, mm-hmm. you know, they're just all rare. That's something that I think just Hughes had a real talent for. And that's just kind yeah. of really getting to the heart of that te- that real teen experience. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious. Do you guys feel like the leads looked teenage to me? I, I mean, I, they didn't quite, they looked like, College, young, college. yeah, young college, but well, because yeah, they were, except for maybe, except for maybe <laughs> Mia Sarah. Yeah, yeah, I could see Mia her Sarah, as younger. I, could yeah. have, I would have bought her as a teenager. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah Broderick and Alan Ruck and Jennifer Gray, even. Yeah, yeah, I could. Some I could of the freshmen looked like they were in high school. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I can say from I can say from inside knowledge that yeah, there were actual <laughs> most of them were actually college kids. Yeah. Why? What so. do you mean? Oh, I do not know, except for the fact that my fiance was one of the high school kids in the film. What? Um, Amazing. What? She was she was in college. She was at uh, Columbia uh-huh. in Chicago. Oh, okay. Uh, studying at the time, and she's a dancer. Mm-hmm. And they needed high school kids, and they actually needed, of course, dancers for later in the film as well. Oh, sure. So and uh, so, yeah. So she actually got used in quite a number of the high school 
scenes. Again, awesome. as she has told me thousands wow. of times, you can go frame by frame <laughs> of the movie. You're never going to find it. Oh, oh. Um, until but, the 4K restoration, then. Ex- exactly. This, exactly. See that pixel right there? In, oh, I, in IMAX. <laughs> the IMAX 4K, you know, print. Yes. But yeah, but she, yeah, she's she's been a fun. The few times that we watched it together, she's always been kind of, she's those little nuggets out there of like, oh, by the way, the parade scene was shot in the middle of the night. Oh, wow. Uh, really? Yeah, because that was the only time they could get the streets blocked off. Oh wow! Oh, that was amazing lighting. Then it so looked like the sh- day. Oh my gosh! It, but if you'll notice, they never shoot the skyline. Oh, um, interesting. So, but yeah, it was all shot in the middle of the night. Wow! The more the you train. know, very cool. Uh, let's see. I think it's Paul's turn. What's something else you liked? I liked the quick little reference as. Ferris Bueller's hacking the computer school to computer. war games to war games. Yeah. Nice. It was like, yes, <laughs> it's a nice callback. Just yes. real quick. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> sort of, but, yeah, that definitely crossed my mind. But something else I liked was uh, there's this is a comedy, and I liked the different. There was a moment where it all of a sudden turned into like a horror movie when the mom comes home and it's playing this eerie music as she's sneaking up to the door to see to check on Ferris I during the middle like of the day. Suspense thriller as opposed to a horror. Well, movie. it had that that of the eighties that that music that you hear oh, in a yeah, horror movie good point, good point. when going down the hallway, and, and it's also it, got that that great follow camera that camera yes, yes. right behind the head yeah. of your of your protagonist. And yeah. Yes, yes. So I thought that was a great just that one little scene in the middle of it. I thought it worked really well. <laughs> Very cool. Um, let's see. I think my only I have one more thing before my classic maker, which was just again. Uh, Grace's secretary, or Grace the secretary. I love like her taking the pencils out of her hair and like finding a new one, and it's, and just he's a righteous dude. Just <laughs> her whole, her whole demeanor and and uh, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed her. Um, yeah, one of the characters that I like. Yeah, okay. one of the many characters in this movie that work really well. I agree. Bring it all uh, back around. Did you guys have uh, any other things you want uh, that you liked before we get to our classic makers? I have a few. Go for it, Paul. Bullet time it. Rapid fire. Um, I like the near misses with the dad throughout the day. That it was just every, there were a few times that he almost ran into his dad mm-hmm. that I thought was was kind of cool. Kept the edge. I liked. Uh, it's been a while since I seen Karate Champ, the arcade game. So that was a fun oh. throwback. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the the parade with the twisted shout. I mean, the dog Shane first. It's it's kind of fun and weird, but then the end the parade thing with the twist and shout. Yes, it's over the top, but it's a lot of fun. Um, and I still try ahead. to wonder how, how did he make it happen? Okay, it's, it's just it's Ferris. He makes things happen. Yeah, so like what? Who did he have to talk to and go here? Play this song. I'm gonna get these it, people. In. Oh, and by the way, these girls in the German outfits and the. And the yeah. Durndals are just going to know this choreography right. that goes with this song. <laughs> like, you know what? You buy it. You're like, no, this is great. Yeah. This is awesome. And it is over people, the top, but exactly. You buy it. people all dancing and knowing the same choreography on the steps outside yeah. of the building. <laughs> and, you know, whatever. It's fine. It's musical yeah. theater. It's great. Uh, well, we'll talk about that in a bit. But, uh, okay, continue, Paul. <laughs> I also liked how even during the credits, there was still something to watch. And even after the credits, mm, you know, the mm-hmm. go home. 
Excellent. The original shawarma scene. Yes. I'm sorry. Oh, oh yeah. Avengers, shawarma from yeah. the Avengers. Yeah. Done much better, by the way, than the shawarma scene. Yeah. It is it, more, much more engaging. Yeah. Continue. So um, that's uh, that generally is about it. Okay, I thought cool. all the acting was good. Mm-hmm. Um, all the actors did a good job. Uh, Patrick, I'm curious. Did, how did you feel about the acting since that's your profession? I, I love it. Um, again, you're dealing with a, a set of actors. I'd say of, of the ones in the film, you know, the one with the least experience would have been Mia Sara. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even then, I mean, not that she was given all that much to work with, but she, she handled it. She handled herself well and mm-hmm. in, that, in that role. And she and became all, a... Go ahead. I just going to make a stupid pun. Please continue. Okay. Um, uh, but I was going to say this this was kind of a star make, a star turn for a lot yeah. of these mm-hmm. for a lot of these folks. Yeah. So, um, you know, for even Broderick, who of course had made films prior to this, mm-hmm. but this was really kind of a breakout film for him, for Alan Ruck to a lesser degree. Yeah. But, Unfortunately, but I would have loved to have seen Alan Rockin more after that, you know? Me too. I mean, okay, completely getting off track here. But yeah. the, scene, <laughs> the scene at the end with the Ferrari back uh-huh. in the garage. Yeah. He, his monologue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, again, yeah. it's, it, it's, it's a complete tone turn in the film. Yeah. But it still feels appropriate. Yeah, it doesn't that's, take you out of the movie. It feels it completely is organic to the storytelling, absolutely. And to yes. Characters, and you're like, and, and you feel for him, like you're right yeah. there with him through the entire yeah. thing, and you're like, yes, you know, that's, even to the moment where he's they're watching it after it shot out that back window, mm-hmm. and he just kind of starts <laughs> laughing to himself, and you're like, this is so natural, yeah, this is so right, yeah. And I mean, yeah, I mean, I think all of it is again. I said heightened earlier. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, even though it's heightened, it all still still feels very real. Yeah, yeah very and, grounded, mm-hmm. and it's very, and very grounded, but at the same time, slightly cartoony. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but again, that's that's high school, right? I mean, yeah. No, <laughs> you know, <laughs> grounded but a little cartoony. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. Uh, well, if if unless there's anything else, you gave me the humor. Perfect, I enjoyed the humor. Oh my gosh. Uh, well. yeah. Um, Go ahead. Well, my, I mean, you pretty much hit the nail on the head for my classic maker uh, right there, Patrick, because, uh, yeah, Alan Rook, uh, Cameron's arc is just the thing I like the most. I, I enjoyed so much him, like, just being so dead tired or sick. I'm dying. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and when Cameron not- was in Egypt. Ringo. <laughs> But uh, just how he doesn't want to face the world world at all, let alone his dad. And he has this experience of like, and he doesn't really enjoy it, but he, he pushes through it. And by the end, he's grown to the point where he wants to face his dad. Um, so I really, yeah, I really appreciate that arc. And that is the most compelling part of the movie for me. I think that's, that's, a, that's a great one. And you know, of course, the, uh, the, the fan theory I do oh. not know any fan theories. There's a fan theory, fan theory about the movie that Cameron is the main character, hmm. oh. and that Ferris really only exists in Cameron's head. Cameron's head? Oh my! Wow. Um, 
and and I'm and I'm not doing it justice. You can look yeah. up, you can look up Ferris Bueller fan theory. Huh, that's interesting. It's, but it's yeah, it's a whole thing of this is all part of Cameron's psyche. Wow, um, that's cool. And that Ferris is like a the is like his super ego. Yeah. It's like Fight Club. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, comedy version of Fight Club. It's, it's the comedy. Oh, come on. Fight Club's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh. So yeah, that's I've, I just didn't know if you guys had ever heard that. No, I had not. No, thanks that, for sharing thanks, that. Yeah, yeah. I have uh, to read up on that. Will you also share and your classic it. maker, Patrick? Oh, um, I don't know if I'd, I'm not going to say that my classic maker really is a scene per se or anything. Um, I think it's the overall feel of the film. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. It's, I think that while the film again is 30 years old, um, it's part of me. It's you know, at, at, in one breath. You can say the film is very 80s. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you can say, this film is very 80s. <laughs> um, and, and, but in like a good way. Yeah. Like, like, it's like if somebody was trying to make a really good film set in the 80s now, uh-huh. mm-hmm. this would be what you'd want to shoot for. Oh, yeah. Totally. You know, definitely. It, it yes. doesn't beat you over the head with, look, you know, look, oh, this, is, this is the 80s. Yeah. Look at their weird hair. Um, <laughs> Excuse me, but it's just, it really, it's a time capsule to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and not in a kind of Fast Times at Ridgemont High, oh, this film is incredibly dated sort of way, <laughs> but but still a brilliant movie. Um, but, in, <laughs> but, in, but in a good way in terms of like, it just, it just captures that moment. And again, I keep, I'm a Hughes, I'm a John Hughes nerd. Mm-hmm. I, I just, and I think he was... To me, one of the be- probably the best director of the '80s mm-hmm. in terms of capturing a time period, but not making films that were instantly dated. Mm-hmm. Um, so, where does did- Ferris Bueller fall on the uh, the best of John films fu- films in your head? Uh, to me, the list. Okay, I'm not. I'm probably going to leave some films out. Sure. Uh, but to me, it's Breakfast Club at okay. the top. Could see that. Ferris yeah. Bueller, but Ferris Bueller is kind of like right there, like they're rubbing. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. They're, they're, they're trading paint. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and then after that, you've got your pretty in pinks mm-hmm. and sixteen candles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I'm leaving some out. We're, Saint Elmo's you know, fire. Science. Yeah. Science. Um, Saint Elmo's fire, which to me is quite down on the yeah, on agreed. The pantheon. Um, and I think that's just because it. I, I can't relate to it whatsoever. So that's just a personal thing. <laughs> Interesting, um, you mentioned that. But. Um, <laughs> But yeah, but that's but yeah. It's, for me, it's it, but depending on the day, it's Breakfast Club or, or Ferris. Okay, okay, very cool. Flopping at the top. Yeah, nice. Uh, very cool. Well, Paul, what was? Oh wait, we know you're a classic maker, so we yeah, have to talk about characters. <laughs> like like you said, the teachers, and especially Ben Stein's character. Oh, yes. God, yes. I mean, this thing is not only peppered; it is filled with the characters. You got Rooney. The Dean, you you have Grace's secretary, you have but, Jeannie, you have the main three stars, granted, but then you also have every, every you know, even the parking garage attendants, like, you know. The D at the restaurant. Yes, every scene has a character that stands out that you're like, wow, this is incredible. But it somehow fits, like you were saying before, mm-hmm. it all gels, even though you have such a variety going on here. Real quick, did your guys' high schools have a dean of students? Mine didn't. 
Yeah, I don't uh, think my did college either. did. But yeah, not my college. High school. Yeah. Did. yeah so yeah, I, I yeah, found that very principal and vice odd. Principals. Yeah. So, yeah. so I, I mean, maybe that's a Chicago thing, or but I don't think yeah. I caught that he was called the dean. Of, I get Dean mm-hmm. Rooney. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess I just never kind of put two and two together. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, just just a small thing, but weird. Okay. Well, those are the things we really liked uh, and loved about Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Now, before we get to the things we didn't like so much, uh, we got feedback from Twitter, from Instagram, from Facebook. Uh, we're on all those social media channels. Uh, so we like to post, hey, we're going to be covering XYZ movie or game. What are your memories? Would you think it's a classic, nostalgic, tragic? So uh, find us on those so you can participate in this conversation. Uh, first off from Twitter, at a Latino lawyer, who's Diego, said, uh, pretty much the entire movie is emblazoned in my grateful mind. It's Good. like a museum. Everything is beautiful and you cannot touch. <laughs> 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 then, uh, thank you, Diego. From Instagram, uh, P-Dope Flow, I think, or P-Dope Flow? P-Do-Poof Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Has a fire emoji, then says, respect when you get the time. Have a look at my feed. <laughs> I would like to hear your thoughts. Why are you reading that? That's spam. <laughs> that just happened. <laughs> I did. I was just copy and pasted that to put these over. <laughs> wow. Uh, is this a real one? Let's see. Uh, I think this is one actually for real. Uh, the the Blee Mai says... Uh, favorite 80s movie. I quote John Lennon. I don't believe in Beatles. I just believe in me. Uh, he had a good point there. After all, he was the walrus. I could be the walrus, but I would still have to be, have to bum rides off of people. Yep. Why was John Lennon called the walrus? I was, I'm not a Beatles fan, so I have no, he called himself that. And then there's a whole theory. I was about to say, there's whole theories beyond that. If you, you, (laughs) I don't know if I could even imagine that, but okay. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> and John and Jim Morrison was the Lizard King. <laughs> oh my! Okay, so uh, then on Facebook we got quite a bit here, so I'll run through them. Uh, oh, by the way, thank you. The believe my. Uh, so Rachel once said, "Save Ferris." Thank you, Rachel. Eric Purcell said, "I'm a sausage king of Chicago." Uh, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. True words. As I get older, it seems as if each year moves faster, making that yeah. statement more profound. I'm also reminded of how much I miss John Hughes making movies. He yeah. was the king of the 80s teen dramedies. I don't know if anyone will ever touch that mantle. Thank yeah, you, Eric. Uh, John Noggle said he did more in one day than I did in three years. <laughs> All right. Thanks, John. Uh, Marty Noggle McCormick said, love it. Thank you, Marty. Uh, previous guest host, Deborah Powers, said, uh, this was such a great movie. I loved how he sang and danced to Twist and Shout in a parade. And who could ever forget Bueller? Bueller said in bored to death monotone voice. Thank you, Deborah. Previous guest host, Christy Ruiz, said, I always liked it, smiley face. I enjoyed the breaking of the fourth wall. Then uh, Ryan Jackson said, I saw it as a kid. All I remember is the Star Wars theme when, they dri- when they're driving the car. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. Uh, Christopher Battles said, The Red Car, The Valley Driving It, 
the concept of driving in reverse to reverse the miles, the driving it off the cliff, the friend pretending he not he not see when gals was changing in my in pool. Sorry about that. That's my fault reading it. Uh, the principal hunting down Bueller. The recording he sets to see uh, like he is sick in his room. And that little line when the teacher calls out Bueller. So thank you, Christopher. Uh, previous guest host Aaron Hickman said, was this really a Brad Pack film? Well, I, I mean, I listed it as that. So I thought, I thought it was considered so. Fine, Patrick. Fine. Uh, whatever. Sorry. Sorry, the inner, inner, inner Hughes nerd coming out. Fine. Anyway, uh, so no, Aaron, it wasn't. <laughs> but uh, but uh, he continues. I love the film. I think it's a classic. All right. And then finally, Michael Withers transitions us perfectly into our dislike section by saying, unrelatable, never finished it. Oh, wow. All right. So with that, let's get into the things we did not like about Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And I will start us off. Um, how, how is Ferris not worried about like all worry. the stuff that's happening? He never worries about like getting caught or anything like that. I okay, just... he's unrelatable to you, yes, but there are people <laughs> like that. Sure, I'm just I. It's yes, yeah, it's unrelatable to me. But okay, that's why you're a genie. <laughs> yeah. I'm a genie. Yeah, that's a sister. Oh, oh, sister. oh, oh, sorry. I was thinking Aladdin. My bad. Shauna. No. <laughs> okay. Uh, Shauna. <laughs> genie. <laughs> Patrick, what's something, if there was anything, that you didn't like about this movie? Uh, there, I mean, there are a few things. Um, there, And I... There's a moment, and this is just me being, without getting political, it was weird. Um, there's that one moment when they're dropping off the car mm -hmm. uh, with the attendant in the garage. Yep. And Ferris looks at the guy and goes, do you speak English? Yeah. And the guy looks at him and goes, what, what country do you think we're from or where I'm from or whatever? <laughs> what country and Ferris, do you think this is? This is. And Ferris cuts his eyes to the camera. Yeah, it breaks the fourth like, wall. It breaks the fourth wall with, this, with like this really crumb. I'm like, what are you? Is this racist, Ferris? What is this? Yeah, that was, uh, there was odd. That and, I, and this was the first time watching it that I ever really noticed that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I was like, that was just weird. And of course, you know, it's the '80s, and people didn't care about that kind of stuff back then. Yeah. Uh, now, like, that's kind of racist. Um, that well, me, but I can look over it because yeah. of when it was made. Yeah, I don't know if it's racist as much as it is like ethnicists. No, I don't know. No, 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 no. I mean, he does have a good point. Both, I think, both have good points. This is a you know the melting pot of all the other countries, right. so and that's fair, and that's fair. yeah. And then the other thing that the only other scene that kind of irks me is there's that last scene between Simone and Ferris before he has to dash off to get home, yeah, where he's confessing his affections for her, yeah. And there's that really schmaltzy '80s generic love song that's playing <laughs> yeah. it. and it just seems yeah i'm sure he has these effect this affection for her but that moment the dialogue seems slightly out of character for him from how the rest of the film is and how pithy and sharp it's been it just gets a little schmaltzy for me okay that's um, how he woos the girls when he's interested right he's gonna um, marry her 
So yeah, he's gonna marry. I'm gonna marry that boy, um, or he's gonna marry me, or whatever the. Like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and the fact that while all the adults in this movie are really dumb. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's how he gets away with everything. That's how he gets away with it because in this world, yeah, the adults apparently when you reach adulthood, you just your powers of observation go into the toilet because yeah, there's apparently. so many moments where you're like how how. Mm-hmm. How are yeah. these people missing this stuff? And, and but again, you, you have to kind of turn that off. Yeah. You know? No, you don't. And one of the things <laughs> that, uh, I mean, one of you mentioned liking the dad almost catching him. And I yeah. think I think a couple of those I thought were really genuine. Like that, I could see that happening, the double takes. And then like him, it seemed like he looked at Ferris for a solid, I don't know, three seconds when there's, he's driving home and, and Ferris running is running. And running the car. I'm like, oh, come on. You could, you would know that's your son at that point. They so kind of painted you? the dad as pretty thick well, through the entire movie. Though. That's true too. Yes, so, he could have been um, Alan Thick. True. <laughs> anyway, that Kurt Cameron didn't get away with anything. <laughs> uh, Paul, what's something you didn't like about this movie? Oh, well, one of the scenes that pulled me out is when he went to pick up his girlfriend from the. The high school Sloan and kisses her dad yeah. with tongue in front of the, <laughs> the deed. And at first, even he's reacting like, hmm, so that's how they are. Yeah. It's like, yeah, come yeah. on. You're like, yeah. really? That's that's your takeaway? Yeah. Oh, you only notice after they peel out, <laughs> you right. know, what the car screeches right. out of the driveway. So that took me out, but. Yeah, well, you know, like like Patrick said, all adults have lost their powers of observation, apparently. Yeah. Um, or putting two and two together, at least. Right. Uh, and so, and another element of adults being not portrayed particularly well, I I found it a little, I guess, off plan. And this is probably looking too deep into it, but why it seems like John Hughes educators in general, at least from this <laughs> and. Uh, uh, the Breakfast Club. Why are they so out to destroy students as opposed <laughs> you know, I, to working to get them on the right track? Okay, yes, answer. I think I have an answer to that. Oh, perfect. Um, I think the way Hughes writes, and he's writing so much from the from the youth standpoint, uh-huh. and yes, from the youth mindset, that he's trying to kind of get to having have the audience have the same psychology that the teens would in the okay. movie. Yeah. Of, these guys are always just out to get us mm-hmm. and bring us down and and ruin our fun. And I that's air, and I use air quotes when I say that ruin our fun. Yeah. But I think that's kind of what they're shooting for. Right. With so, that. Because if there was a nice if there was a nice helpful teacher or educator in those movies, mm-hmm. I think that kind of ruins the dynamic. Okay. That they're trying to set up. All right. So so he's not looking to be like fair and balanced or show the right. real side of it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, Patrick, you really enjoy documentaries, so how can you enjoy a movie like this? You know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm totally teasing you, man. Totally, right. I was supposed to say for Because I was like, I was almost trying to come up with an answer. I was like, I'm so screwed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, not everybody enjoys the same flavor of ice cream every time. Totally, yes. All right. But, Francisco, you made that observation when you saw the the uh, breakfast club you yeah, pointed out that it's it's from the students point of view yeah, not the but, teachers well that but that was my sole experience like i i haven't seen pretty much any other john like i haven't seen pre and 16 candles uh saint Elmo's fire a lot of the the 
the his other teen dramedies, John Hughes's teen dramedies, um, and Uncle Buck. That's definitely not the case. No. Uh, so it's so I I didn't realize that this was a continuing dynamic. At least mm. that's how it sounds. So um, that that's why I bring it up again, uh, mm. just because of I have a broader outlook. Uh, but uh, mm. let's Patrick. Were there any other things like uh, I don't know any like technical aspects of the movie that you didn't care for? Like I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't not know. really. I okay. mean, I think it's it's it's. I think it's just one of those films that just there's a reason why people still love it, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. people while they're still like screenings and theaters mm-hmm. you know like it was just shown here in nashville not too long ago up here um, too in oregon it was sh- i was like oh wow know, this would have been perfect for me but it didn't right. happen um and i think it, and i think that just kind of speaks to just the film overall mm-hmm. i mean i think not only is it a fun movie and it's quotable and you know there's a lot of quotable movies that are there just horribly made films <laughs> but you know like I, my I, python and the holy grail right right am i right no. guys next no. um <laughs> but but yeah but i think this just this is just a well-crafted movie yeah you know this, lo- this movie is quotable i had a, re- a couple a year ago a middle schooler i was talking to out of the blue said ferris bueller you're my hero <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty awesome. And there's just those, those, there's just those great moments, like the Bueller Bueller thing, yeah, right. The Ben Stein. I mean, again, I'm I'm on almost 100 percent certain, 100 percent certain that there are probably people that use that and don't know where, don't even know where it comes from. Yeah, you know, again, there's just this is one of those films that transcends the zeitgeist. It transcends just being a movie. Yeah, it's not just pop it's, culture. It's it's part of culture in it general. It is a it is a cultural. It was a cultural phenomenon. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and you don't get a lot of those anymore, which is unfortunate. No, not but really. They're all remakes. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, just the whole. You know, this is another rant, but just the whole <laughs> filmmaking. The filmmaking process in general has become far too sterilized and corporate and corporate. Yeah. But yeah, I won't. I won't get on that. It's a box right now. <laughs> The stockholders Studio need their films. money, Patrick. Jeez. Studio films. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Paul, what's something else you didn't like? I had a couple uh, technical things I didn't like. Yeah. Um, I have I have several more, so oh, okay. one we'll at a time and forth. Here, yeah. <laughs> All right. One thing is when the car w- they showed the car stolen and it's flying through the air and it's playing this the Star Wars music, which yeah. I thought was... It was, it was a cool scene, but if they're going to pick a John Williams song for something that's flying, they should have done Superman oh. over that instead of Star Wars, you know? So it's just a little... I completely agree with that. That seems way more... Uh, appropriate. Appropriate, yeah. I think yeah. the only reason they may have chosen that Star Wars piece of music is because it's kind of the same as the opening to A New Hope when the Star Destroyer is coming into the screen from oh. the head. Uh, Maybe it's almost that same shot. Uh, I'm, I'm probably grasping at straws. Yeah, I think a little bit because <laughs> it's more coming from what, an angle rather than I, straight that's, above. But so, I can totally yeah. see the super, I could totally see the Superman working well, especially with red car. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, blue sky. Yeah. yeah totally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can I I can get behind that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see. For me, uh, I I don't know. I I felt really bad for Cameron just being nagged and guilted by Ferris 
but but I mean, he allows it. And, like and you know what a, I mean? Yeah, yeah. But really, Ferris it's didn't make use of relationship. Yeah, yeah. Ferris it's didn't code. make him do anything, but it's still, right. I didn't like seeing it. I felt okay. bad for him in that regard. Uh, what was another? Which was class? portrayed really well for that kind of dynamic, you know? Yeah. yeah, they pulled it off. Yeah. Sadly, I could relate to that relationship far too oh. well from the from, uh. the fa- from the Ferris standpoint. Oh, um, because I had that relationship with a friend in high school mm-hmm. who was camera. Who I every time I watched the movie, I'm like, did they know? My <laughs> because. Even down to the body type, it's oh, the wow. same. No. I mean, the, the di- physical, the dynamic between the two is even dissimilar. Well, so. at, at least Ferris now feels bad about... <laughs> right? <laughs> right? And Cameron did get him, the whole the whole pool thing. So yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yes. Not one over on him. So, yeah. wait, so I want to take a pause. I kind of thought he was literally, literally trying to kill himself. Did you guys think he was just faking it just to get Ferris to jump in? Yeah, because he looked up. Oh, well, that's debatable, yeah. but I, I think, think I think that's a left for interpretation type moment. Okay. Yeah, I th- yeah. I think they played it just well enough that you can kind of take it either way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point. We'll yeah. go that way. <laughs> there also is a continuity flub in that scene. Oh, what what would that be? When he tips off, when Cameron tips off the mm-hmm. diving board uh-huh. from the from the chair into the pool, the chair follows him in. But right, when oh. back, but when it cuts back up, do you see Sloan and Ferris? The chair is still on the diving. Oh, board. really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I don't. I don't normally notice that stuff, but I was like, "That's why did they not catch this?" Yeah, yeah. that was pretty Weird. obvious. That was probably the only scene, the good scene that came out. You know what I mean? The, the only take. That, the only take. Oh, yeah, that's what oh, I mean. Oh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, let's see. Um, Something else I didn't like was, uh, and I'm curious if this goes sort of part and parcel with the fan theory you were talking about, Patrick, but where does Ferris get money to pay for like fancy restaurants, Cubs game, uh, just valet parking, all these things? Everybody had money. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I guess his house was really like ritzy. I mean, let's let's just face it. If you go back and you look at a lot of films in the 80s, especially John Hughes films, Mm -hmm. these families... All live in these palatial homes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that are so. That's okay. There's a problem I have with these movies. Everybody <laughs> is freaking wealthy as crap. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. they never show like the only thing close to a poor person they ever show in a John Hughes film was Pretty in Pink, Molly Ringwald, or is it? Yeah, mm-hmm. Pretty in Pink, Molly Ringwald, who comes from the wrong side of the tracks, and even mm-hmm. that was pretty, you know, whitewashed in terms of poor. Well, I'd so, say Bender seemed like he came from a pre yeah, poor I mean, that's, family. That's true. Okay, that's fair. Uh, but I mean, yeah. But let's think about it. You know, these, but on the whole, did seem pretty well off. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. And if, he, but, and if he is the computer hacker that oh, he yeah. is, <laughs> maybe he's hacked cash out of credit. Cards. That's a good point. Well, I point? was thinking things were a lot cheaper in the eighties, and like he could, and he could probably talk his way into a ball game where they're like, "Look, we're just going to be here just for one inning." You know, he probably knows the guy at the gate, right? Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of things like and the, the museum he probably got in for free. Same thing with the Sears Tower and all that. You know, there's a mm-hmm. lot of things that they did do that didn't cost money. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Um. Were there any other things you had, Paul, or should I just... Yeah. Okay, go for it. Uh, On a technical note, I didn't understand why the police would pick up the daughter from 
the house yeah, from making that a, was really weird. a phone call saying there's an intruder in the house. They said, oh, yeah, well, she's making a phony call. Like, you don't know it's phony. Yeah. Like, why take her? Now, I will say I loved the Charlie Sheen. Oh. <laughs> Uh, his first role, his first yeah. film role. Oh, I didn't realize his first. Yeah, okay. that's his first film role. So, and I loved him in that and the dynamic they had. But to get her into the police station, I thought was technically um, kind of going. Wait, what? Yeah, it seems like at most, if they really thought it was a prank call, they might find her parents. But yeah, bring her into the police seemed a little, a little above and beyond what you would really need to do. Yeah. Um. No ill will to your fiance Patrick, but but oh, but, but here's some <laughs> ill will for her. No, um, all the crowd dancing stuff in the parade seems so unrealistic to me. Oh, yeah. I didn't think so. I you got. I, I I won't disagree with a lot of that. Okay. Yeah, I I could say it is over the top, but I wouldn't say it's like. Well, I don't know. Well, Keep going. and well, and sort of speaking a little bit back to the ethnicism or racism, um, it seemed like there's. They kept coming back to this one shot of just black dancers. The African-American the Afri- dance. Yeah, yes. exactly. I'm like, that's odd. Why is... And it doesn't seem like they're... I'm sure there's African-Americans in the crowd, but... Uh, uh, the, of the wide shots. But it didn't... It seemed odd that it was, like, so, like... Okay, these are where the African-Americans are. And or over birds here. of a feather. I suppose. But, again, they're all choreographed and, I don't know. Yeah, it's it, fun. It it had the wrong it, it hit the wrong it, notes for me. Oh, I can, that's too I, bad. I can dig that. You know, it's it's kind of the way same way way the same way that you know some people don't get musical theater. Mm. Yeah. You know, they're like, why do they just keep breaking out in songs and dances? That just doesn't right. seem natural. Like, or well, Disney films. Uh, right. You know, yeah. It's kind of one of the things you have to kind of just, there's those Suspend moments, those suspensions of disbelief yeah. that you just kind of have to take. That's a good point. And, right. and I can understand why some people don't. Don't dig that. I mean, mm-hmm. not everybody's you know into that kind of thing, and they think that's just ridiculous. And I, you know, I I can I can understand and agree to disagree. That. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. So you, know, you don't you don't find it disconcerting oh, that he's breaking the fourth wall, but you find it disconcerting <laughs> that there's choreographed uh, dancing and not like super choreographed. It's not like the whole crowd's doing the same thing. Like at a teen dance where all of a sudden it's a new dance and all the teenagers do it the same thing. Like Teen Wolf. Oh, yeah, or Encino Man or whatever. Oh, yeah. Grease or any of them. Yeah, yeah and pick any of them. Yeah. Well, but see, he's just, I'm I'm there in the room with him. I He's just talking to his friend Francisco or Paul or Patrick. I mean, we're there. So th- what's unnatural about that? He's just having a conversation. That's all right. Totally- <laughs> all right. No, I, can, I can see it. I can, I'm, I'm, ta- I'm, I'm with him, man. Uh, Okay. While I accept it, I can see it. Oh, th- <laughs> thanks, Patrick. Um, okay, did you have any others, uh, Paul? No, I just have my tragic maker. Okay, um, real quick before my tragic maker, I I wish there was a bit more closure with Cameron and his dad. I almost wanted to see what ha- transpired between those. Well, two. his dad is Rooney. <laughs> Paul's <laughs> fan fan theory here. <laughs> That would be it's interesting. His own dad. <laughs> you make, you ever, you make ever a phony the, phone call to my dad. <laughs> did you ever notice what the license plate is on that Ferrari? I I it looked something like I'm like that it means something. Ner- it says nervous. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. what it was. And I've never 
understand. I've actually done research on this, and I yeah. cannot find out. There's got to be a reason why they made it that. Yeah. I can't figure out what it is, or I can't find well, the source. Well, he's, he's uh, it just spitballing here. Maybe he's so nervous about that Ferrari, like everything else doesn't matter, but that I mean, Ferrari. You know, or is it a commentary on Cameron? Yeah. You know, I mean, that seems like that would it be that, yeah. <laughs> that's getting a little esoteric. But. No, that's uh, that's another thing is that he's he's probably, his dad is probably very much like him. Yeah. And that's where, where he gets get it. Yeah. But yeah, I think you're right, friend, uh, Francisco. It's, I think I wanted to see more of that fallout and between Cameron and his father as well. Mm-hmm. I think that would have been a great... You know, a great moment mm-hmm. to, but eat, to just touch on, to just even touch on. Yeah, yeah, way. just maybe one shot some, of like some fallout sort of a or, or something. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, all right, let's get to the things we hated most about this movie. Were there any? Yes, there were. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's let's start with uh, let's start with Paul this time. Oh, interesting. Okay, why does Rooney? break into the house after he knows that ferris isn't answering the door he's not there and then he goes in to break in like why what he's expecting not he knows he's not there that's huh yeah it's not like he brought a camera with him to like take photo evidence or something yeah there's no i don't do you know why patrick i haven't been able to figure that out i think i think that is a valid complaint (laughs) um and that's and where I he spends it. the last third of the movie is inside <laughs> the house. They, they spend a lot of time on this, you know, Rooney at the Bueller household yeah. thing. And yeah, that there's like, I've never, I honestly never really thought about that. But it's, yeah, why did he waste so much time? Yeah. I think that goes back to the adults are dumb. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. That could, yeah. Or they're I so mean, out to get us, they just need to. Just, yeah, that's do right. They're so vindictive. They, yeah. That they just, I'm going to get that boy. Yeah. I don't know. Huh. I'm going to strangle the mannequin because I can't get to the real kid. <laughs> All right. Uh, Patrick, what was the thing you disliked most about this movie? Um, God, that's really hard. Um, this is, I have a serious soft spot for this movie. Um, <laughs> like, I'm, like, I forgive everything. Um, <laughs> what's hardest to forgive about this there movie? What's hardest yeah. to forgive about the movie? Um, I don't... The the moment with uh, Jennifer Grey, Jeannie's moment with Rooney in the house, mm-hmm. and, the, and when she doesn't... The fact that even Rooney gets away scot-free... After well, he has his car towed, but yeah, breaking it, yeah. But I That's mean, a good point. he broke the law. Yeah, um, yeah. He's the only person that truly broke any laws in the entire movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, in terms of breaking and entering, and I'm pretty sure you could put vandalism in there. Yep. Um, um, and animal endangerment. And like, animal endangerment. That's right. That dog oh. was just trying to be friendly. Um, <laughs> and he just kind of never gets any real world come up in that's a good point yeah but again i i, I forgive it because it was the 80s and they, uh, that stuff happened yeah um and even yeah, i'm incredibly forgiving of this movie i <laughs> <laughs> that is that is the smallest of nitpicks that i could even muster oh, and that's the hardest thing i struggled with all your questions <laughs> I can't really find <laughs> well i appreciate you giving 
a good shot. That is, I, I did. Think, I did. No, that's I'm a, a very, winded. very fair point. Yeah. I'm a little winded now trying to uh, <laughs> come up with that. I'm going to gonna take a break. Hold on. Yeah. Take a salt tablet. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, for me, my tragic maker for Ferris Bueller's Day Off was even though I kind of I connected a little with Cameron and even w- was able to relate to Jeannie some, but this movie just seems the characters just seem so outside any motivations I would have that it's hard for me to really invest in the story. I I mean I it's like I I don't understand. I mean there's not I, to understand. Uh, They're there to enjoy. It's but like I want. I, so I get like you want when someone I watch, to connect with. When, yes, when All I watch right. TV shows or or movies, I, I love investing you myself. You are short round like on I'm, Indiana Jones Adventure. Okay, <laughs> bite me, Paul. I love feeling like a part of the story. And like when things go really wrong, I'm like, oh no. And when things go really good, I'm like, yes, awesome. Um, and I just felt like I don't. Why you weren't are you invested doing this? I mean, that oh, that's interesting. It's, I, it's almost like I was just watching almost like a movie, not so much a movie on shuffle. It certainly seemed, I mean, it was cohesive, certainly, and it had a, 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 a general, uh, certainly a flow and everything, and it was paced fine. I just, I, yeah, I was seen to seeing, I'm not really connecting with what's going on. I've never had a movie where I've just paused it and not cared about pausing it, going to the other room, get something, okay, back, all right, I'll keep keep watching Never? This. I don't recall another movie. I was confused a lot in Monty Python and in- the Holy Grail, but... Have you seen Interstellar? Yes, I've yeah. seen Interstellar. I actually, <laughs> I've seen it once, and I liked it the one time. <laughs> I finally watched it. This is completely getting off track again. No worries. I finally, I finally watched that the other day. Oh, no. Because I, and I went. There's I a lot of it, hype behind it then. And I watched, I sat there mm. watching it. I was by the, I was at the house by myself, and I'm watching it, and I'm get about, I guess, two-thirds of the way through it, and I had to get up and go to the bathroom. Uh-huh. So I get up, and I pause it, and I see the little bar at the bottom that shows how much you've seen and how much is left. Uh-huh. Yeah. Holy Christ. There's another <laughs> hour of it. Oh my god! And then I'm like, I'm like, they just now seem to have gotten to some sort of plot. <laughs> I was like, this is the, this is the most tedious. I feel it's like the most tedious movie. I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna get on my I, Christopher, I, no- Christopher Nolan is a hack. Um, oh, oh, wow, yeah. there it is. I Fox. disagree yeah, with that. I but said it, all right, I threw the all gauntlet right. down. That's um, we're getting controversial. Oh, the now prestige, we're getting the controversial. Prestige, the Prestige is a great movie, but that's the where that's where it begins and ends with it. All right, uh, but yeah, but I understand you had more of a passive a passive viewing experience. Yeah, yeah, with and the movie versus an active viewing experience with the movie. That's a great way of putting it. Yes, you know, but and and I can, I can I can totally dig how somebody could have that that experience mm-hmm. with the movie. Well, thank yeah. you, thank you for digging yeah. my poll. I, I dig your vibe <laughs> of oh, my vibe. Nice. With all our uh, targeting information put into the firing computer, Alice, do you have a firing solution for us? Firing solution complete. Rating salvo at the ready. On your mark. Do we rate Ferris Bueller's Day Off? A classic. We'd recommend anyone go out and watch this, whether they've seen it before or not. A nostalgic. We'd only recommend... Uh, you see this if you've seen it before, like it's worth rewatching, but not picking up for the first time. Or we we do we rate this a tragic? We wouldn't recommend anyone watch this, whether or not you've seen it before. Let's start with our guest host, Patrick. How do you rate 
Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It is an absolute classic. Tragic? Okay. I, 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 don't, I didn't see that coming, but what? all right. Yeah, uh, yeah, completely tragic. No, this movie is this is a classic film. Uh, okay, I, I, nice. you know this is. I think this is a movie that will be watched for generations to come. Mm-hmm. And again, like I said earlier, I think it's a film that kind of transcends when it was made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, absolutely. You know, I I I, rec- I think everybody everybody should see this movie. Very cool. At least give it a shot, or at least give it a shot. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. All right, cool. Thank you, Patrick. Paul, what say you? I agree with Patrick. A tragic also? That's this is weird. I was not expecting this. Oh oh wait, I, I'm I'm hearing things. I'm so sorry. It's uh, like you have uh, <laughs> an agenda or something. An ulterior motive. Yeah. What was this conspiracy theory here? Um so you say uh, classic Paul? Yes. Okay. Um I'm glad you guys didn't like go on too long because I'm gonna I'm gonna talk here now. Oh, um, I'm sorry, folks. That's all the time we have for today. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So here's the deal, guys. Uh, what I put down for my rating was tragic, just barely, but I did put tragic down in my notes. Really? Um, yeah, Not because even nostalgic. Because I felt. Listen, listen. Um, I felt do you like. Want to know a secret? Oh, I'm sorry. You're not a Beatles fan. <laughs> Um, moving on. Uh, so I just, I, like I said, I wasn't really relating to a lot of this movie. I wasn't investing. It wasn't that enjoyable an experience. It was almost, yeah. Like I think Patrick said perfectly. It was a very passive movie going experience. I was just watching it because we needed to watch it for the show, uh, for the podcast. And, um, but you know what? I, I, something you said earlier, Patrick was very compelling to me. That whole idea that this is a, almost like a cartoon. It's very like a stereotype characters is in the right way. I think you said heightened characters or mm-hmm. characters that were very archetypal maybe. Sure. Um, and so I almost want to watch the movie again with that sort of lens because I wonder if I would enjoy it more if I'm not, I, I feel like I did want it to be a bit more real. And that's why I think I connected with with Cameron the most because his arc felt very real, um, or the realist. Uh, so I think, given that, and given our conversation, this is one of those times where I'm actually going to change my reign to a nostalgic. Wow! So I'm not quite to the point where, oh, wow, this is a great movie, but I think it's it's definitely worth rewatching, and you could probably find a lot of things you may have missed before. Um, but I don't know if I'd recommend it necessarily to my friends who've never seen it. All that said, thank you for letting me uh, go on my diatribe a little bit. Uh, the Retro Rewind Podcast rates Ferris Bueller's Day Off, a disputed classic movie. We recommend you go out and see this whether or not you've seen it before. So basically, you didn't like it because you're more of a realist and you're looking for realistic characters? Is no, that it? Well, no, because I i mean, I, I like cartoons. I like things no. that aren't realistic. I love Scott Pilgrim versus the world. That's like so unrealistic. So I don't know what, I mean, that's the, the closest thing I could think of to approximate my feelings towards it. Yeah. But um, that may not be the most apt way of describing it. You like Scott Pilgrim, but you don't like I, Ferris Bueller, I, uh, which is, to me, very similar in the heightened realism. I, I, but. I, I cannot dispute that. I have, <laughs> I, like I said, I here's don't a, get here's it. A di- here's, a different way to, here's a different way to ask it. Lay it um, down. If, 
take uh, take away the I couldn't I didn't you didn't personally relate mm-hmm. to any of the characters. Mm-hmm. If you kind of set that aside, and you look at it from an objective screenwriting, f- you know, film acting, um, film as a film, mm-hmm. you know, viewpoint versus a how did I emotionally and psychologically relate to? Mm-hmm. Does that kind of give the film a different? Can you have a, a different bent in terms of how you would rate the film? From an actual filmmaking and craft, the craft of the film versus the emotional connection to the film. I think I absolutely would. However, I don't have the background to be able to objectively sure. see film in that way. Unfortunately, I wish I did. I think I think that'd be film critics and people that work in the film industry that have that eye and sense. That's I really appreciate. Uh, at least when they're. I feel balanced. I, I guess it depends on your outlook. Anyway, I'm getting in a rabbit hole here. Yeah. yeah um, I think I totally would. But at the same time, as sort of a lay person, I bring my emotions and who I am to the movie. And I expect, I maybe expect, I hope that a movie will then, will I'll be able to engage in that way. And that just heightens my okay. movie experience. So that's, sure. and that's, sure. so that is part and parcel with my rating. Thanks for mentioning that, though, because we haven't really gotten to how we rate things in a long time. And so that's I think that's helpful for at least people that are like, Francisco, why are you always crapping on my movies Um, (laughs) to uh, give them some insight into my uh, psyche? Sure. Uh, Let's see. So I think uh, so we said what the rain was. Disputed classic. Now, uh, Alice, we please bring us back to our own time for the new tube section. YouTube systems engaged. All right. We're going to go through this relatively quick and say just something contemporary that we've been watching, like a movie, reading like a book, walking through like a door frame, just anything that's new on our tubes uh, that we would recommend. Let's start with, I guess, Patrick. Um, actually, there is a, uh, a new podcast that I've been listening to. The Retro Rewind Podcast? Right. Yes. <laughs> um, so I've been listening to that for years. Um <laughs> No, there's a show called 302010. Oh, okay. Um, which I think should actually be good for the listeners to your show as well, since you mm-hmm. guys touch on retro stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a podcast. What they do, the hosts take the week that they actually record the show, mm-hmm. and they look at everything in pop culture that happened 30 years ago that week, 20 years ago that week. Oh, interesting. And 10 years ago that week. Oh, very cool. And they hit film, television, video games. Music, um, stuff like that. Music, the news, the whole thing. And they do a kind of a roundtable discussion oh, wow. on it. And they, like I said, they do the literally the stuff that happened during that week. That's and very interesting. It's wow, a really, really fun show. The the the, the hosts are, are a lot of fun. Um, they really do their research, mm-hmm. and and it's a great again for those of us that are retro and nostalgia junkie. <laughs> you know, I think you know it really kind of appeals to that mm-hmm. to that aesthetic, and yeah, I, I look forward to that show every week. So, very, very cool. Yeah, awesome. Thank you, Patrick. Paul, what's new on your tube? Come back to me. Okay. <laughs> righty. Uh, what's new on my tube is uh, if you if you're on YouTube, the actual where we sort of homage to our namesake of YouTube. Uh, if you ever are on YouTube and you've uh, you may see ads for something called like you, I think it's YouTube Music. Uh, it's an app 
which I, you know what, I'm really liking. I think, uh, yeah, oh, it's called, yeah, YT Music or YouTube Music. It's essentially, it it gives you a lot of the music videos and music from YouTube and just feeds it to you and, like, you can create a playlist. I actually, it creates your own station based on the things you like, and that's what I mainly use it for. Um, I think you can create your own playlist and stuff too. It's I, I got it originally when it came with like a free 14-day trial of YouTube Red, and that made it really convenient because then you could uh, turn off your phone. Like you could turn the screen dark on your phone and it'd still play the music. Without that, it gives you ads and you have to lean, leave the screen on like oh, you're yeah. watching it in order to, to listen to the music. Uh, but I, I really I like it. I, I've been listening to a lot more of the music I enjoy that way recently. Um, so YouTube music app. That's all the time I can give you, Paul. All right. So what's new on my tube is something that I just saw recently. It's actually a Tom Cruise movie from 2012. John Reacher? Jack Reacher. Yeah. I just Jack saw the Ripper? That. Jack Reacher. Tom the what? <laughs> Tom Beecher? No. Anyway. Um, the reason why uh, I've been... It, I was interested in seeing it, but never got around to it. Then I heard a sequel. They were going to make a sequel. So mm-hmm. I went out and I recently saw it. And I liked it. Okay. So um, I recommend going out and seeing it. Better than Top Gun? I should say as good as Top Gun. It's different. <laughs> <laughs> I I just started watching the Mission Impossible movies. Oh, oh yeah. I've never seen them before. Yeah, have you seen I, them all yet? No, I've only no, seen okay. the first. I've been so busy, I've only gotten through the first one. Um, okay, which is so late nineties, it's hysterical. Yeah. Yes, um, yes. Uh, so we have uh, the podcast thirty twenty ten. We have the movie John Jack Reacher. John yes. Reacher. Jack, Jack Reacher. Reacher. Okay. And we have the app, YouTube Music. So go check those out if they sound interesting to you. Now we're going to do, uh, we were going to do 1.21 game watts, but since we all, we, we talked about it and we're actually going to try a different segment where we're just calling it, for lack of a better tile, I really want a better tile for you listeners, but we're just going to call this celebrity sightings where we talk about a recent story where we actually interacted uh, with a celebrity. So um, who would like to go first? Let's actually, let's see. I think Paul, you, I imagine you're the most recent. So why don't you give us your celebrity sighting story? Um, as actually thanks to uh, Sharon powers, my sister-in-law who's been on the podcast before mm-hmm. she uh, wanted to see Jeff Goldblum. Of apparently, he's in a jazz band that plays almost weekly here what? locally in in Hollywood. So, uh, we got tickets, went and see him, and he's very personable. That's so, so cool. if you have a chance uh, and you're in town, uh, look up to get tickets, see if he's playing, and uh, he's very nice. Was very uh, interactive and very approachable, and it's a small club, seats about like. 30 to 50 or something like that so it's not too big of a um so um yeah very cool thank you for sharing that paul uh patrick do you have any celebrity science stories okay so i live in nashville Mm -hmm. uh so it's kind of you know it's kind of celebrity central here now 
Yeah, that's what not I've just heard. Country, not, not just country stars. No, no, but I've heard of several movie and TV stars moving out to Nashville. Yeah, they really do. Um, but the mine, death metal mecca. Yeah, it is. It really is. Um, <laughs> black metal. It's, we, are, we are really the heart of it now. Um, but no, I, I actually, the one that really, I, the story I love to tell, this actually happened a couple of years ago. Oh, okay. Um, I did a production of Neil Simon's The Odd Couple. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was I played Felix, which is okay. the fastidious, nervous one. Mm-hmm. And I played opposite um, '80s sitcom icon Richard Mall. Oh um, wow! If you his, he played Bull on Night Court. Yeah. Oh, cool. And well, yeah, I thought it was oh. going to be cool. Oh so, no. Um, and this is one of those things that you know they say, "Don't meet your idols." Oh uh, no! Not that he was an not that he was an idol. Yeah. But, you know, as a kid in the eighties, that was one of my. I don't know about you guys. That was Night Court was one of my favorite. Yeah, Night Court was fun. Yeah. And the Bull character was so goofy. <laughs> yeah. And so silly and so much fun. And when, so when I got the offer to do this show, I was like, "Oh my god, yeah, totally. This will be so cool." Um, never mind the fact there's like forty years age gap between. <laughs> fine um it only makes it more dynamic more more odd yes and and the fact that he's got close to two feet of height on me oh wow um but he unfortunately was one of the most miserable people to be around yeah it was really sad um not to mention he turned 70 during the process oh he's Um, that i didn't realize he was that old he's he's an old dude um, and he has a head, a mane of hair. Really? Um, really? Yeah. But he, uh, he just, and it's unfortunate because he's had a very good career. Mm, yeah. Just, just a very unfortunately difficult person to work with. Mm. And I pride myself on being able to work with just about anybody. But I just, I, it reached that point to where if we weren't on stage together, mm-hmm. I just didn't even want to talk to the guy, Aww. which is really sad. Because again, yeah, totally. this is one of my favorite characters from one of my favorite shows yeah. growing up. I mean, and it was like, oh, dude, why can't you be nice? And he just was <laughs> right. rude. To, he was just rude to everybody Aww. and just mean. He was mean. Just mean. Man. And I'm like, you need to relax. You know, but, <laughs> Take a chill pill. Right? But yeah, unfortunately, it was one of those, you know, just. How really was he good. on stage? Um, Professional? Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, not very good. Um, <laughs> but. Um, but yeah, um, I got a better review than he did. Uh, oh, but that's just, you know, there you go. Brush, brush, well, that's brush. why you're on the broadcast and not him. <laughs> Darn right. No, but I mean, and, and I don't want to just turn this into just, I'm just, you know, you know, you know, just yeah. bagging on this guy. Um, yeah. but it was just one of those unfortunate incidents where yeah. you meet somebody that you've had this great kind of memory of, mm-hmm. and then he just turns out to not be. Anything yeah. close to what you would have hoped or yeah. expected, yeah. And, you know, completely opposite of the Jeff Goldblum experience, <clears throat> yeah. Which I hope is the name of the jazz band. That would be amazing. <laughs> the Jeff or, Goldblum experience, or the Warren Cheswick experience. Is it called that, Paul? <laughs> no, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking up the band name now. As, as you go, Francisco. Okay. Yeah, and well, so Patrick kind of brought things down, but I'm going to pick him Please right back up, back up because uh, back in May. Uh, my wife, Christy, got uh, me and my daughter, actually, uh, tickets to go uh, sort of meet and greet, pizza party, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles themed with Ernie Reyes Jr. 
who, if you don't know who that is, uh, he was, he was, um, if you saw uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, he played Kino, the pizza delivery boy. Yes. He was also in, in the Donatello suit doing the stunts in the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. He's in, he was in Surf Ninjas. He was in the, the, TV show Sidekicks, if you ever saw that. He's yes, Red, that's where I first... He was the Kid King in Red Sonia. Yeah. Um, so he's been a lot of things. He's been a lot of things. Uh, just It was, it was really cool to meet him. He was, he was very personable. Um, uh, uh, thanks to Ernie Reyes World Martial Arts, his dad owns like a martial arts, I guess you'd call it a franchise, but Jim. Uh, and so, um, so thank you. They hosted it up here in Hillsborough, Oregon. Uh, so anyways, it's really cool to meet him. And I got his autograph on a couple T- uh, Teenage Mutant Turtles 2 pictures. Anyway, I he had a question and answer time. Well, he sort of talked about his story going through Hollywood and stuff, which is cool. And he did question and answers. And I, I finally asked him a question that's been burning on me and Paul's minds ever since this one moment and I, I sort of framed it this way. I told him, me and my friend Paul, back in college, we saw this movie, Rush Hour 2, and we were enjoying it. And then we see, the, then you come on screen, and we're like, Ernie! And we're like, and then you run away, and, and then you're not in the movie anymore. What happened? And it, it, I could tell he's, he, I think he, he's fine talking about, he was talking about more uplifting moments, like he is Oh, in, no. <laughs> He was talking about like his time with the rock and um the rundown and like this awesome yeah. experience. So apparently he got a call. I'll try to wrap this up. He got a call to uh to hey, do you want to do a fight scene with Jackie Chan? He's like, Yeah, I do. Oh yeah. my gosh, yes. I totally do that. And then it sort of gets delayed, like, when do you need me? Um and it keeps getting pushed down. It's like, oh, well, if they're gonna want me, I'm not gonna be able to do much. And so eventually just sort of dwindled down to he was in the in the shop for a day and then they didn't have time to do anything more. So he he was bummed about that. Yeah. Uh, but um he, he didn't seem like jaded or anything by it. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And so now he's in like he's filming up here in I think the show's called The Librarians or the I forget exactly, well, but he's the, t- the TNT series. I, yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah. And he's like the yeah. Monkey King, or that's the character he's, he has. I haven't that's watched, show. but um, spoiler <laughs> turns out he's the Monkey King. <laughs> anyway, Man. he is really cool. Um, yeah, it's really a pleasure meeting him. So, uh, so awesome. So definitely seek out Jeff Goldblum. Seek out Ernie Reyes Jr. Do not seek out Bull from that. <laughs> <laughs> It's Jeff Goldblum and the Mildred Snitzer Orchestra. Whoa, wow. there's a name. <laughs> Bet that doesn't fit on the bass. <laughs> nah. Bass drum. Bass drum, yeah. Um, but though it may fit on the stand-up bass, because those true. are pretty big. True. All right, guys. Uh, so that was our Celebrity Rewind podcast, Celebrity Science section. Uh, now let's get to our show announcements and feedback. I'll bring that up. Oh, you have feedback this time. Comsat online. Receiving incoming transmission. All right, now, since I've been talking a lot, uh, I'm going to let Paul tell us about Cast Your Vote. What's this thing, Cast Your Vote, Paul? 
All right. So if you go to retrorewindpodcast.com slash cast your vote, you can vote on what movies that we cover. So basically we're covering the movies you want us to cover, um, which is a bit unfortunate because I want to cover some ones that you guys don't want us to cover. <laughs> and basically you can go there and vote which ones you want us. You can upvote. Click on the thumbs up or thumbs down. A lot of the ones that I want to cover have a lot of thumbs down, so we won't be covering that anytime soon. But... If we were to cut off voting right now, the next five that we would cover is number one is Sneakers. Oh. Number two is Jaws. Number three is the three is the boy who could fly. Mm. Number four is City Slickers. And rounding out number five is In the Army Now, which <laughs> would finish our Link trilogy for the Pauly Shore movies. Very nice. Uh, well, cool, Paul. Thanks for... Thanks for uh, sharing uh, what we what you listeners can do to be a part of this show very, very uh, closely. Another way you could very closely be part of the show is you personally, you listening right now, just you, yes, you could decide what movie we cover for our 101st episode. What? Oh. How do I do that, you ask? Well, we're starting yeah. to get a bit more consistent about posting to Instagram and we want to sort of increase then sort of our community on there. So we're asking you to follow us on Instagram. We're Instagram.com slash Retro Rewind Podcast. Uh, then post pictures of like you playing video games or your kids playing video games or watching uh, old movies together uh, or just like, I don't know, going to arcade if you find one. Just post a picture. Uh Tag us in it and use the hashtag how I retro. Uh, so, and then you can be entered into a drawing we're going to do uh, to pick the 101st movie that we cover, or not the 101st movie, the movie we cover for the 101st episode. Uh, so, we're going to be doing the contest through September 1st. After at September 1st, that's when we're going to do the drawing. Uh, so, get entries in by then. And we'd love it if one of you listeners who's on Instagram and posting pictures and um, using the hashtag gets to pick the movie we cover for 101. Uh, but speaking of the hundreds, because we're almost there, 95 episodes in, I can't believe we're <laughs> so close to 100. Um, but wanted to let you know some changes are going to be coming to the podcast uh, after show 100. And if you want to find out what they are before pretty much anyone else, please consider being one of our patrons on Patreon. Just go to retrorewindpodcast.com slash Patreon or patreon.com. I think it's just slash retrorewindpodcast. Um, you, can, you can support us at any amount, uh, as little as it could be a dollar per episode or uh, just whatever amount you want. And I uh, want to say, again, thank you to the people who do support us. It helps a lot with our web hosting, but we would like to get to the goal of having all our web hosting and domain name registration, all that covered. We're not quite there yet. Uh, so, yeah, please consider being a patron, and you, there's different rewards you get for doing that. Um, yeah, so, and thank you for considering. Considering, considering, considering. Let me say considering more. Uh that is all our announcements. Now we got a little bit of feedback uh, from Twitter. Uh, at Latina Lawyer, who's Diego, uh, says has commented on a few different things. First, uh, he said, to pass the time at work, 
I download some of your old episodes. I'm trying really hard not to hold, I'm trying really hard to hold back my laughter in Monty in the Monty Python episode. So I'm sure that Is was that still our number one downloaded that's episode. That's still our number one download episode, much to my chagrin. Super Mario World is 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 coming close, coming closer really? and closer, but it's oh, not quite wow. there yet. Uh, then um, Diego also comments. These next two are in regards to our the Truman Show episode, which was slash ninety four. Uh, Danae is holding down the classic fort on uh, the show as they tackle the Truman Show. Stay strong. And then he he also gave a long uh, sort of several tweets just sharing his reflection of the Truman Show. Or we we talked about how at the end scene the sale has uh, one thirty nine, which is a reference to Psalm one thirty nine. And uh, he was just we were talking about how it's some, how it sort of is talking about Truman, but he also made the point that it's also talking about Christoph in a unique way. So. Wanted to just say thank you, Diego, for that back and forth conversation. That was really interesting. Uh, but if you want to be like Diego or anyone else that left us feedback, uh, if you can leave us feedback on this episode or any other, uh, best places to do that are on the comments section uh, for the show notes for this episode. Again, retroreviewingpodcast.com slash 95 or in our Facebook group, which you can get to and join by going to retroreviewingpodcast.com slash group. Now, now before we, we get to nav point Omega, Paul... Take it away. Next time we'll be going back to the year 1987 for the movie Predator. But until then, you can find us on the RetroJunkies.com, RetroRewindPodcast.com. Listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher, wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. Support us through Patreon and PayPal. You can find links to that on RetroRewindPodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at RetroRewindCast. On Pinterest or Instagram is at Retro Rewind Podcast and on Facebook. But if you want to find me specifically, you can go to pauljpowers.com where I have all my social media links. Awesome. Thank you so much, Paul. Thank you for being, I don't know, would you be Ferris and I'm Cameron or vice versa? Uh, let's not get into that <laughs> right now, especially since you can't relate to either of them. <laughs> Yeah, good point. Uh, <laughs> but thanks for being an awesome friend, awesome co-host. And oh, and thank you for doing this on your birthday. So oh. we're recording this on your birthday. Happy birthday Happy to you. Birthday. Thank you very much, Paul. Uh, and I also want to say a very special thank you to Patrick for coming on the show. His yes, first time you. is awesome having you. Thanks for giving us so many like Hollywood insights. <laughs> Thank you. I, I appreciate it. This, this has been a lot of fun. I'm, I'm really glad I got to do it. Hope I can do it again sometime. Absolutely. Is there anything you'd like to promote, like a upcoming show you're doing, or anything, um, or a podcast well, um, you're doing, or anything like um, that? Well, I do have um, I do have a podcast that will be happening a couple in the near future. I'd say hard dates, but yeah, I don't have those. <laughs> um, but I do have one that's going to be coming out called Generation Geek. Oh, okay. Um, which will be uh, hosted by myself and uh, a dear friend of mine who is also a former student of mine who's getting ready to start college. Okay. And we're going to be kind of discussing the generation, uh, kind of a generation gap between somebody in his early 40s and somebody who was 18, 19 years old, and kind of geek culture and pop culture from both my generation and his. Oh, wow. interesting. How they relate to one another and just kind of, you know, the differences between the two. And then my fiance and I are also going to be doing a Disney podcast called the mouse and more and what, what, what we're going to be 
we'll be discussing primarily the Disney parks and Disney travel. Um, we do a lot of theme park travel throughout the year. And yeah, so we'll be just kind of discussing a lot of that and the new park news and rumors and all that kind of cool. Awesome. Well, those will sound really interesting. Very cool. I'm looking forward to listening. So get those up. ASAP. Trying. <laughs> uh, so thank you again, Patrick, so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. You can find me, Francisco, on Twitter. I'm at FXRUIZX. And I want to promote my services as a web and graphic designer. I'm also going to be hopefully releasing a, promoting a little something else uh, soon, uh, but can't share that quite yet. Uh, but anyway, check out my portfolio at FXRDesign.com. Thank you so much for listening, for subscribing, for supporting the show, for sharing the podcast with your friends. It's it's really awesome to have you enjoy these old, enjoy or maybe hate like me, uh, these old movies alongside us and old video games alongside us. It's, it's really awesome having this Retro Rewind podcast community, and thanks for being a part of it. Uh, but like a Pokemon trainer, we got to catch you all later on the next episode of the Retro Rewind podcast. I don't know why I ended it that way. That's weird. It's not over yet. Oh, that's true. Retro rewind mission complete. Proceed to Nap Point Omega and return to base. What, you want to restart it? You sure? Because we're coming up to that here. Dun 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 dun. I was just going to say, Paul, you're a righteous mm. dude. Oh, thank you. But that would have been perfect to put in when I was thanking you for being such a good friend. Oh, well, you're a righteous dude, too. And you're such a good friend. <laughs> they all adore you. Who? The zip heads, the geeks, oh. the weeds, <laughs> the stoners, <laughs> the retro heads. Wow.